At their best, politicians are people who never stop believing that we can do something about our troubles. Rather than surrender to apathy or despair, they keep on flying the flag of hope and even possibility. After all, their main job is to find the necessary compromises that allow us to live together in relative peace and harmony. If that's an even partially accurate view of who and what politicians are, then Bill Barlow is an exemplar of the breed. This high school English teacher was the mayor of Gimli for years. That's a town on the western shores of the South Basin of Lake Winnipeg. In that role, Barlow had lots to do with the lake, which dominates his community. He was involved in creating the Lake Winnipeg Research Consortium, which we'll hear about in another broadcast. He worked on water and drainage issues, and he was the chair of the Lake Winnipeg Stewardship Board. That commission was asked by the Manitoba government to write two reports. The first came out in 2006 and the second in 2009. Although they were written more than a decade ago, you'd think they were published last week. The issues they raised, the alarm bells they sounded, their urgency, none of that has changed. I read those reports early in my research for this project. They're a big part of why I decided to dig in further on the topic. I figured that anytime someone cries fire in a crowded room, there should be some sort of reaction. Well, Barlow and his team effectively hollered fire twice with those reports, but nothing happened. And I want to find out why. So on a frigid day last year, I drove to Gimli to interview Barlow. He's retired now, neither a high school teacher nor a mayor anymore. But in his cozy dining room, I wanted to find out his thoughts. Was the lake really that bad back then? And if it was, what does he think about the lack of any change since that time? Now, one more thing. If Barlow is an example of a politician's bulletproof optimism, He's also an artful practitioner of another gift of politicians. That's the ability to speak very cautiously and even at times not answer questions at all, even though many carefully chosen words have been spoken. So while I was perhaps looking for condemnation of inertia about the fixes to the lake, instead I got caution, thoughtful replies and some surprising insights. I'm publishing this as a part of the Lake Winnipeg Story Co-Creation Project. Find out more on my website at bramwellryan.com. This is an edited interview. Here's Bill Barlow. The name William Barlow, many people call me Bill, but I've uh, been living in Gimli for almost 50 years. Got a job teaching high school English. Got involved in local politics, served on council for uh, 26 years, 13 as mayor, and got involved very much in Lake Winnipeg issues as a, as a result of that, particularly uh, when the uh, Lake Winnipeg Research Consortium uh, started their initiatives to get a hold of the uh, Coast Guard ship that was going to be scrapped uh, to provide that stable platform. But then uh, that led to a whole lot of other things in terms of chairing the Lake Winnipeg Stewardship Board and uh, serving on the Manitoba Water Council and then um, pretty much the whole time being involved with the Lake Winnipeg Research Consortium. It's our lake and uh, we know that uh, it has some challenges. We know that the lake is changing and uh, I mean it's our you can almost personify the lake as being uh, you know a part of who we are in this spot in the watershed we need to address those challenges because so much of it is what we're doing 
so much of uh, the challenges that the lake is having is, has got a whole lot to do with our human activity. And uh, there are things that we can do as responsible stewards. I mean, I really feel that strongly as responsible environmental stewards. We know what's gonna happen or what can happen because it's happened elsewhere in the world if we don't do something in terms of the nutrient loading that's coming out of the watershed. Uh, just like that little dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico uh, off the Mississippi mouth where there's that dead zone, that anoxic condition, that this can happen in Lake Winnipeg. So in terms of when we stand on the shore and, and look out and, and appreciate all, all the various moods and things that happen on the lake, there doesn't seem to be a crisis. But we also know <laughs> we're not fooling ourselves that the connection between watershed and lake is something we have to look at very carefully in what we're doing in the watershed. So, so in terms of the lake's condition, those anoxic situations haven't shown up yet in spite of the massive algae blooms that occur, particularly in the North Basin. And we see those. A friend of mine who's a commercial fisher, uh, uh, he's a third generation commercial fisher and he's over 70 years old, <laughs> is uh, someone who rang the alarm bells earlier on about these uh, massive algae blooms that, and we see those, particularly on the east side of the lake. If, if we were looking for a sign just simply by walking along the, the shore, then that would be the first sign that something's going on here in terms of the frequency and the duration and the intensity of those algae blooms that occur from time to time. That's the first signal that something's happening that, that needs attention. The, the fact that we have a real strong responsibility, a collective responsibility, and we put that title on our reports, a collective responsibility to, uh, to maintain that strong natural balance that the lake itself has established. One of the interesting things about this, so if you look at the major cities in the watershed, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatoon, Regina, Regina not so much because it's in that pothole area, but, and now you say Brandon, and for that matter, Gimli, we built a new waste treatment plant that takes phosphorus out. They all have these nutrient abatement programs. The city, biggest city closest to the lake, it's still a matter of controversy. The North End Treatment Plant, you know, in Winnipeg. <laughs> There's some lack of political courage, I would say, uh, if you have the conviction that, in fact, there's something we're doing that is causing significant damage to the environment, but there's this huge cost to fixing it. You know, which one is the priority? You know, and the political courage side is is fixing it, is lessening the impact, even though there's great cost and. That's hard sometimes. It's also particularly hard if you're one voice or a minority of voices, you know. And so I haven't followed the issue really, really closely in terms of the dynamics of the Winnipeg Council Chamber. <laughs> but, but that's you know that's really how look. You have to you sometimes you just have to in terms of those issues, face, face them as what has to happen. If, I've used the term stewardship way too much, but, but 
ultimately, uh, almost at a personal level, you have to understand that, that something's happening on your watch that can be corrected in terms of your, your envir environmental stewardship that will take political courage to fix. And maybe it means you get it done, but you don't get elected the next time. You know, so what? <laughs> That's ultimately what should happen, is you just finally say, well, so what? But it didn't happen, or I, I, I started these things on my watch that, uh, you know, have had that positive impact. And I just sense it's just sometimes you don't, just don't see enough of that political courage. The real answer is in that full embrace, a majority in the watershed as to what the challenge is. And I just think that just isn't there. And it, there doesn't seem to, at this point to be a lot of hope that it's going to be there, you know. So that's where the leadership and political courage part comes in. That doesn't seem to be there either. So, <laughs> so in, in that sense, I'm hopeful, of course, because we're doing a whole bunch of little things. There's still a, a complete lack of any effort to harness uh, the creative storytellers in our society to really effectively, throughout the watershed, tell the story so that people embrace the challenge. We need to get on with fixing it. So some people think they are. People who serve on, on the, and, and follow these watershed management plans through to their, to their goals, you know. Some people think they are. But a whole lot of people are just generally distracted. I guess the other thing that goes along with political courage is leadership. You know, and I don't know if that's a cliche or not, but I guess it is. But I just always thought if I was in a different level of government, as I was an MLA or an MP, or, and maybe I'm being too idealistic, man, here's the issue, you know. <laughs> What an issue to champion. And we're not seeing enough of that. You know, the lake is changing in some dramatic ways. It's, uh, it's interesting, for instance, how the lake seems to be handling this zebra mussel issue. Like, it's, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's not, not happening like these great, huge, dire predictions. You know, your beaches are going to be black with mussel shells and all this. That isn't happening yet. You know? So my impression is that there's just not enough happening in the watershed to prevent some crisis, whether it's in 15 years or 10 years, I don't know. I mean, these algae blooms continue to increase. Talking to a, a fellow Fomian last October uh, who was fishing up a grindstone, saying it's like a wall, he said. I can't even, when I I'm try to get into this stuff to get to my nets, you know. So it's still happening. <laughs> and so far, the consortium hasn't, in all of its testing, hasn't found any of these anoxic conditions near the bottom of the lake in the North Basin yet. But that's not to say it isn't going to happen. Once we detect those, maybe that'll be the, <laughs> maybe that'll be the thing, <laughs> you know. But still, it's a, such a long-term thing, and I, I don't think there's just plain enough, enough awareness and enough programs in the watershed. So what should I say? I, I can't even say I'm cautiously optimistic, you know. I'm, uh, so where's the, where's the balance there? It's not, I'm not, <laughs> where is it? <laughs> I'm, 
and I'm, I'm not, I'm, nor do I think the lake is in huge crisis. But I think we know enough, and we know what we have to fix. And in a, in a concerted effort, we're not doing it. <laughs>